Thank you for tuning in to CCF Lowell's podcast. Wherever you are, we pray that you would be encouraged by today's message. To learn more about us, please visit www.ccflowell.org. And you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. How many remember show and tell? You do? Really? Because that's awesome. I'm glad you do. Because I was wondering, how old is show tell? When did it ever start? This morning I asked that question in the, in the Sunday school class. And uh, uh, one, one beautiful sister, she goes, no, I don't remember that. It's not, my, it's not during my time. Well, I, I don't, we did, we did not have that where, where I come from. We didn't have show and tell. Can I see some hands? How many, how many has participated in a show and tell? Wow, cool. All right, so you have an idea what a show and, and tell is. Now, um, I looked it up, I Googled it, like I Googled a lot of things that I'm not you know, very familiar with to see what, what, uh, what is really show, show, show and tell. And, and Google, this guy, Apostle Google, he's so generous in information. You know, he, he, said, he, said, he said to me that the best thing to do is to bring a flag from another part of the world. But what really is, students, they, uh, they get so excited. I know my daughter who really, God gave her the theme of the series. She's so excited about this because she used to be so excited whenever her turn to be show and tell. We would not be able to sleep. She would just you know, keep us awake to prepare to bring something to show and tell about it. That's what students do in school. They bring something to show, something that's very precious to them, something that means a lot, to, uh, to show that thing and tell the rest of the students about it. I'm here to, to show you the most important thing that happened in my life and tell you about it. I'm here to show you Jesus. He's the Lord of glory. He's the King of kings. And he's the master of everything. I'm here to show you what the Lord has done for me in the last 70 years of my life. And I'm here... As, as, as someone born in Beirut, Lebanon, I followed Google. Google said, bring a flag. I found this flag under the fridge in my office today. I had to ask one of the ushers to go help me. You know, have seen better days. God forgive me. But I realized we have a bigger one over there. Do you know what we have in there? I don't know if you ever noticed. We've had three elders for a long time now, faithful elders, one from Lebanon, one Italian-American, Pastor Vai, and one Kenyan. So that's why those three flags are the first three flags in the sanctuary. So this is a little show, show and tell. We got the Lebanese, the Italian, and the Kenyan. And then we got the rest of the flags represents nationalities of members in this church. And this is the deal. If you don't see the flag that represents you, that means you did not buy one. So if you would like to see your flag, you need to buy one and bring a nice one, and then we will put it up for you. Amen? Hallelujah? So my show and tell story is simply this. January 20th, 1953. A boy was born as a second child to Jobran and Lor Najem in Beirut, Lebanon. And the custom of that nation is the first child who is a boy receives the first name of the grandfather. So my grandfather's na first name was Raful, and my father's name is Jobran. So my name is Raful Jobran Najem. My father's name is Jobran Raful Najem. His father is Raful Jobran Najem. His, his father is Jobran Raful Najem. His father is Raful Jobran Najem. Unfortunately, I, I broke the cycle. I called my son Joshua because I felt bad here in America to give our children names that Americans have very hard time pronouncing. I was called in this nation, Ralph the Fool, Raul, Rasul, Raphael, Ralph, all these, but nobody ever called me Raful, you know, because for some reason, I don't know why this name is so difficult. But blessed be the name of the Lord, that's the name that, that my mother and my father gave me 
after my grandfather's. Then I realized how beautiful this name is because I chased it and I found out in, in, it's a Hebrew origin, Raphael. Rafa means healing, El means God. The name is, means the God that healeth thee. I bless the Lord. He has really healed me so many times and he has made me an instrument of healing, spiritual healing, mental healing, physical healing, and emotional healing. It's available in this place today. At the sound of my voice, if you will believe in the Lord that will heal you, he will heal you today. Hallelujah. 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 So I grew up in this, in this home. Um, my mother was a very religious person, but she was not educated. She never had the opportunity to go to school, so she did not read or write. So she had her own Bible, meaning she memorized many things that older women told her. None of the things that she used to tell me, I found out later, has anything to do with the Bible. There was nothing that she quoted to me from the Bible that I found in the Bible. Things like, you know, if you believe in a stone, you'll be healed. I said, Mom, where is that? She goes, oh, it's in the Bible. It's in, it's in the Torah. She goes, you know. I say, Mom, it's okay. That's all right. My father was not religious. He was actually a very secular man, very worldly man. And because all the neighborhood that I grew up in had this idea about life, to be a man, you have to drink, have at least five, six lovers beside the wife, and gamble. If you don't do that, you're not really a man. You're not a man. So all the men in my neighborhood were like that. My uncles, my, my, all, my, all, my, all the men who are over 20 that I grew up and look at them, that was the norm in, in, in our neighborhood. And uh, my mother, because she did not want me to be like my, my father and, or, or my brothers to be like that, she didn't want me to grow up that way, she, she used to pray a lot, pray a lot, you know, I mean, I don't know what she prayed and how she prayed, but she prayed. She prayed the Lord, and I believe God answers prayers of every person that prays sincerely, no matter how they pray, no matter how they pray, until they will find the truth. Because it's not up to us to shove the truth in the, in the, in the head of people. That's what religion does. Christianity is life, and when you find life, you'll find truth. When you find truth, you find life. It comes together in one package. So this morning, I would just want to share and, and what happened and took place. So I grew up that way in the shadows of my mother more than my father because he was never really uh, around. And in the shadow of my mother, she taught us how to be good, 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 good children. And, and uh, there was a price to pay if you don't behave. And the price is a long, wicked stick that will, you know, right? There, actually, she used to do something so beautiful, so unique. I don't know if anyone has ever had a mother like that. When we were going to visit somebody, she would take that with her, and we'd be walking on the streets, uh, and we are three boys. And we were, you know, like, we were three boys. You know, we, we used to jump on, you know, in bed and, and wrestle and all that. So she knows what we're going to do. So she will hit us all the way from home to the people that were going, boom, boom, like that, all the way there. And she goes, that's only a taste of what you will get if you don't behave. What is behaving to her? Behaving means if they come to give you a chocolate, you have to say no three times before you say yes. Because if you say yes right away, they will say, oh, they don't feed those kids at home. You know? So you have to say no. And, and if you say yes on the first time, you're going to get three of these you know, on the way home. Man, and I love chocolate. But I knew what that tastes like. That tastes way more bitter than any sweet chocolate. So we, I grew up saying no a lot to a lot of things. And I wish right now I could go back and say yes to so many other things that was so not, not nice that I was, you know, denied the blessing of having those things just to please my, my mother. We loved her because she worked so hard. Uh, we were, there was nine people living in two-bedroom apartment, and, and she took care of everything. Because it's not a man to help with dishes. It's not a man to help with laundry. It's not a man to help with the household. It's not a man to take the kids to school. It's not a man, you only go to work and you come home and take a nap. And then get up and go to the, to the club and play cards with your, with your friends. And a weekend disappear and go see your mistresses and have fun with the other ladies. Now I'm 14 years old. And I'm walking in the streets of my neighborhood. And, and this man shows up out of nowhere. Um, this man's name is Elias Melki. 
And uh, uh, I'm supposed to be following me with some pictures, maybe. That's me. Now, this is what my mother did. Doing all these things and all the cooking, she made always, because she couldn't afford to buy, she made with her own hands all our clothes until we were teenagers. That's on a Palm Sunday. That's a big thing in the Greek Orthodox Church. And then, next please. That's my country. People say, how, how beautiful Lebanon. I said, just read your Bible. It's mentioned 65 times. And it says, Jesus is as beautiful as Lebanon. We're going there in November. Brother Russell is going with me with his cameras. <laughs> Amen. Next, please. This is the man that uh, he met me on the streets. Uh, keep that picture up. Uh, when I was 14 years old. And he invited me to come and attend Sunday school class. I said to him, literally this, I say, Sunday school? I say, I go to school five days a week. Why on earth am I going to go to another school on Sunday? Now, you got to understand, we never had a Bible at home, even though that we were so-called Christians, um, you know, but we, we've never had the Bible. We never had the prayer meeting. We never, we, I mean, but we were good. My brothers and I were good. Like, what do you mean by good? I did not smoke or drink, uh, or I, I've never seen what, a, what illegal drugs, you know, even though... The hashish, the marijuana in Lebanon is very well known. I never seen it tasted because we were good boys because of the stick. That's the only reason we were good boys. So I had no idea that I needed something called salvation or Sunday school or Bible study. So I say, okay, let's go. We went uh, on a Sunday to the Sunday school class. And man, did I love that. Did I just like, wow, I was so, so hungry for something that I did not know I was hungry for. No wonder why is that? Because the Bible does say somewhere that God has put eternity in the hearts of all men. And our hearts are restless until we find rest in him. And I had no idea. I did not know that. I didn't even know why I enjoyed it so much. I loved every moment of it. Unfortunately, um, he, he and his family, they were American missionaries and there was their time for sabbatical. So I only went three times to that Sunday school. The fourth time I went, they were not there. The building was empty, an apartment, was, they were gone. Well, I didn't give and take, so years went by, now I'm 17. 17 years old, and um, at this age now, um, we, are, we call ourselves gang, about 15 of us, young men, between the age of 17 and 21. Now, the gang in Lebanon is, is, when I was growing up, is basically so tough. What it is, is if we, you know, take a little uh, ball, like maybe a, a pinball, and hit somebody with it, that was like the tough day for the gang. We're not talking about gangs the way you know gangs in this country. We didn't do those, those things. We just hang out. And we, we, we were loud, making the, the neighbors, the neighborhood upset with us because we were loud during their siesta at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So that was our nasty day, is walking in the streets and yelling and screaming while we know people are sleeping. So, and and uh, we tried everything to have fun. My, my biggest way of fun at that age, I became so good in billiards. Not billiards, the American billiards. Our billiards is a big table with the three balls and only. But uh, I became so good at it that older men will come and watch me. And we will be in this place playing. And while we were doing that one day, one of our uh, friends, about 21, he said to us, listen, guys, aren't you bored? It was, I said, we, we say, yes, we are. It was a Sunday afternoon. He goes, well, this, this little place down the street, um, it's called a church. And, but uh, they clap their hands and, and they so loud it's hysterical. It's so much fun to go there and watch these people make a fool of themselves. We all said, well, let's go. And, and, and we got up and we left the billiard you know, thing and we went on that Sunday evening. And we walked in and I recognized the man. It's the same guy that he invited me three years earlier to go to Sunday school class. 
I said, oh, that's Elias. I know this guy. But I did not want the rest of the kids to know that I know because I don't want him to, to think that I'm so, you know, softy. Because you got to be macho, you know. So we went in there and we, man, that was the greatest fun. Some of you today, probably the first time, saw some people up here, you know, going like this and clapping. And say, what on earth these people are doing? Well, that's what those people were doing. And they were clapping and they were shouting. There was about maybe 20 people in that, in that little room. And we were having so much fun laughing at them. It was hysterical. Because where I come from, we didn't... We never saw people clap their hands in churches. The churches that we used to go to, have, literally you have to put your hands like this and walk. When you walk inside, you have to walk and, and you, you, you pick if you see people looking at you. And, and the, the, the tighter you make this, the holier you are. You know? And the saddest face you make, that means you're so holy. You really, you have to be so sad. When you go, I'm not making fun of any church. I'm just telling you my life story. Walked into that place, and for about five, six weeks, we were having so much fun in and out. When we leave, we go into an area and start to imitate everything that was going on. One of us will preach, one will clap, one will testify, one will collect an offering, and we were having the, just to have fun. And now, it's becoming boring. So we need, to we need to invent another way to have fun. So we decided to lie. We decided to tell the people in that church that, that we are becoming born again like they are. We are you're going to be receiving the Lord at the altar when they say, you know, come and receive Jesus. So we were doing that one after the other. But it was all a lie. It was all an act. Including this guy acted so much. I acted so much, I even was the preacher of the gang, but just to imitate the pastor. I imitated speaking in tongues. And when the pastor says, who's going to have the testimony? I was the first one to get up and give a testimony. And my friends are laughing. And I'm laughing inside of me because it was all a lie and a joke. Just to have fun. But one night, it was a Sunday night, August 1971. Man was preaching, and something happened. I was sitting with the rest of my friends, and I was listening, but this time I was listening. This time something got a hold of me and opened my mind and opened my heart and opened my eyes. And I just start seeing the words jumping from his mouth, coming right into my heart and showing me who I am. I saw, I saw myself like a movie. I saw my life. And I saw that if I continue in this path, I'm going to go to hell. And I realized in my heart, I need, I need to make a decision. Because the man was talking about a choice. Choose life. He goes, choose the way that Jesus came to this earth and died for you. And when he said that, I was like, he died for me. And then I know now what it was, was the Holy Spirit showing me the picture of the crucifixion as I was sitting listening. And, and he was showing me Jesus being crucified and beaten and blood coming out. All because of me and for me. So that I will not go to hell, so I will live. So I will be saved. I had no idea what that word means. So I'll become born again. I did not even know what that is. I never heard that before in my life. But this time I found myself at the end of his sermon, getting up from my seat, walking to the altar, throwing myself, crying with tears. And my friends are laughing because they thought, wow, he's really acted up this time so well. But they had no idea that was something happening in my heart. There was something taking place inside me. I didn't even know. I was scared because I knew at that moment there was a divine something that went inside me. And, and there was like an operation taking place. And I knew something took place because when I left that room, I did not go with my friends. 
I went home and I just crying and laughing and laughing and crying and, and, and I, all what I want to do is take the Bible and read and read and read. And then all of a sudden, all the language that I used to say and do before that changed automatically. No more swearing, stopped automatically. We call that today conversion. We don't call it come and receive Jesus. We call it today a time has come and time is short and the clock is ticking and the end of the world is near and Jesus is coming back again and people need to make up their mind and say, who am I going to serve? Am I going to serve God in Jesus' name and be converted be changed completely. It's one thing to attend church. It's one thing to pray. But it's another thing altogether to become a new creation in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened to me. I became a new creation. Everything became new. Uh, the whole world changed in my eyes. Now my friends will not believe it. So one of them says, okay, are you really telling us this is what's taking place? Yes. He goes, well, the Bible says, because they knew, we knew, you know, they knew the Bible. The Bible says, if I hit you on the right, you got to turn the, the left cheek. That's what Jesus said. So let's see if this is real happened. I say, listen, I, I'm telling you something happened, but please don't do that. Because I don't know what my reaction is going to be to that. So I don't know if I'm there yet. So I suggest, for your sake, don't do that, because it may not go well with you. So, so thank God he didn't. Hallelujah. But, but somebody else did. And that was not good because I chased that kid for a mile to beat him up after he slapped me on the right. And all. So that did not work. That, did not, that was not good. And, and, and it went on for months until the whole gang that was coming stopped coming because they realized that I am no longer like them. And my mother was, became very happy. So happy. Mothers of other young men in that neighborhood, because of their fathers, they call me, come take my son with you. Come take my son with you so he could become like you. So I did. I went and started getting all these sons until one day this one of them came and he became like me, meaning he got born again. He was converted and he went home. And I went the next day to pick him up. His wife, op his mother opened the door. She goes, if you come here again, I'll break your legs. I told you just to take him to become like you, but not to mess him up like this. Because they thought, this is what happened. Three things was taking place in that nation. That time Israel was bombarding Lebanon big time. So the, the word came out is that this church, this American missionary is an Israeli spy. He's here to mess up the mind of the young people so that they, will, that, that they will stop hating Israel. Because I did. I hated Israel. As a young Arab, I demonstrated on the streets, killed the Jews with all my friends. And uh, before I became born again. The second thing is, this guy, this preacher, this pastor, he loves young boys. The third thing is, they, he's full of magic. He bewitched the young generation. My mother believed that. The reason I believed that because, unfortunately, during that time, the teachings that in the church where I got saved and became born again was a lot of legalism. Now I've started going to the church more and more. And the church back then, hallelujah, we had services Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. One, two, three. Five, five services in a week. You think I missed any one of them? Mm -mm. But on top of that, the church had prayer meeting every day, seven days a week, six o'clock in the morning, six to seven. I went there. I'm in school. I'm in high school. I go there before I go to school. Until one day, in one of those prayer meetings, at six o'clock in the morning, something amazing took place. Something incredible happened. That scared the pastor. He was scared. We were sitting down praying, about five of us. And I'm, I always, always, you know, this seat right here? I always used to take that. That was my seat in Lebanon too. Even if I wasn't the pastor, that was my seat. 
that first seat right there. That was my seat. And I would, this is how we used to pray. And I said, Lord, I said, Lord, I'm sharing show and tell, hoping that maybe I will go back to those days. We used to pray for a whole hour on our knees. None of us was listening. We were all praying. To the point is, one of my friends that was to pray, he used to pray, and there's a wall. Literally, I'm going to tell you, after three months of praying, there was a hole in that wall. <laughs> Jesus, God, I love you. There was a hole in that wall. We used to pray. Do you remember the Koreans that came here and prayed? That's how we used to pray back then. During one of those prayer meetings, Pastor Haron, I started to shake uncontrollably. I was scared, but I couldn't stop. My pastor was scared. He stood, started walking around. And then all of a sudden, my lips became heavy. And I started going, apa, 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 apa. <laughs> Now he was terrified. And you know what a man gets terrified, especially a man married to American. You know what they do? They call the wife. So he called his wife. But the reason he called his wife, because he told me later his wife was from Texas, from a Pentecostal background, her parents. So he called her to come down, see what's happening to the fool. She came down, she took a look, and she realized what's going on. The young man kneeling next to me, according to her, she realized he has a, he has a demon in him. So she came and she stood between me and him. And she put her hands like that. And when she did that, rivers of living water and tongues, heavenly language, for two hours, just kept going and flowing and flowing and flowing. And, 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 and the pastor and the rest of the kids just stood there. And, and then I started having vision. I did not know back then's vision. Now I do know. I'm using the words that I know now, but back then, all what I know is I saw. I saw hell. I saw a little fire. Now, I, we never heard or we were never taught about this experience. And I stood and I started shouting, fire, hell, people tormented. You got to run. And I went home, walking. My home is about a mile and a half. And I couldn't speak Arabic. Every time I opened my mouth was different tongues. We call that today, we know today in the book of Acts, chapter 2, that on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were there praying, and they were all together in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and, and, a, and a tongues of fire came on them, and they all spoke in different languages, each one of them, 120 of them, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. They spoke in tongues. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I went home and I, I went to bed speaking in tongues. I get up in the morning speaking in tongues. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And the joy of the Lord. And because of that, that experience is when it really made me a completely different man. Not, the born again was pretty cool. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what really made me a different person. What made me fall in love with Jesus and I'm about 18 years old. When that happened, this is what took place. I used to sleep in a, in a bedroom, maybe it's probably six by eight. Because until 617, I shared the same bed with my grandmother. Because it was me and my grandmother, my two sisters, my two brothers in one room, in one bedroom. But then when I became 18, they gave me this little room to sleep in there. I took the bed out, I took everything out, and I put about eight chairs in there. And I start preaching to these empty chairs. Hallelujah. It was the most beautiful sermons I preached probably. And I gave altar calls, and I collect the offering. And, and, uh, and, then, and then people came and told my mother, your son speaks in different languages, and he shakes Oh, my mother went hysterical. 
because, oh, we just lost my, our son, something happened. I was attending a school for the Greek Orthodox a bishop is the, the dean, and because my father's very sick, so I was not paying tuition. I was going there for free. So they went and told the bishop, and this bishop in our school would stand at the, at the door every morning with his ring, and all the kids has to come and kiss the ring. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I came to do that, and the Holy Spirit would not allow me to do it. So I, he put his hand like this. I walked by him, and I go, so he calls me to his office. He says, what's happening? What's going on, boy? I say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a priest like you. <laughs> so they took me to a cave under the school to a man, a priest, probably about uh, 250 years old. I'm exaggerating. About maybe 90 years old to do exorcism on me. Because they thought, now I'm full of demons. They wanna, they got, I felt so bad for that man. I felt so bad for that priest because he started to pray and started to laugh. I was laughing and I said, and then I got up and I put my hand on his head and I prayed for him. <laughs> we saved. Now my mother decided to have a, a family meeting. About, about maybe 50 people of my family, they got together. They said, we got to put an end to this. So they came to church on a Wednesday night. I'm, I'm on my place praying, and she walks in with, with people. By the way, I have all this in this book. I, I printed 500 of these. I only have, what, seven left. If you want to buy one, $20 today at the end. And uh, she walks in, and she looks at me. And she sees me, you know, speaking in tongues and, and, and really <laughs> having a, a wonderful time in the Lord. She will, she will look at my past. He goes, loose him. He goes to her, he is loosed. You need to be loose. And then all of a sudden, I get up. I say, women, repent for the kingdom of God is here. <laughs> she will put her hand to slap my pastor three times. She took her, oh, I know probably some of my families are watching. I, I, that's what happened. What can I tell you? So uh, she will put her hand to slap him, and her hand will go like this, and will come down three times. And now the church is packed. All the neighbors came to see what's going on because my family started breaking the, the windows and breaking the vases in the church and, and, and all that and everything. And, and uh, oh, it was the most beautiful service. It lasted three hours. And, and people were repenting. People were giving their heart to the Lord. People were getting saved left and right. Not my mother. You know, she took my aunts and my cousins and they went back home and they waited for me because they kept saying, get up, and I would not say, no, I can't obey you anymore. I obey the Lord more than you. But when home is, there was a whole group of my family waiting, and now they're threatening and saying, you go there, we will take a bomb and, and destroy that building. I got very scared. I got, I'm, I'm in my senior in high school, and uh, I, said, I just can't do that anymore. I got scared. But the devil lied to me and scared me, not for me, for the people of the church. I, I was scared for them, that they would really get hurt because I know my family will, will do it. They got the ability to do that. They got the weapons. They got everything. Um, so I stopped. Hallelujah. But the, the beautiful thing about this man, Dr. Elias Melky, you know, this was, this picture with him older, Okay, the picture with younger, I'm about 18 in that picture. Full head of hair. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to get a better hair in heaven than that, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, we were building. This is how we used to spend our days in the, in the church building. There's always, we were always doing something. And, but that one is in the center of the hills in Cyprus. That center over there, which still exists. I've been there so many times, some of you... We're with me there, and that's a center where we trained hundreds of Muslims that came to the Lord, Jesus Christ, through our television ministry. We used to go train them there in that center, in the, in the hills and the mountains. So that man is one of the God's generals because there's people like that on the face of the earth. Not every preacher and teacher is a crook. There's a lot of them who are crooks. 
Not every evangelist is after your money. There's a lot of them like that. But there's people like that. What this man did for a whole year, because I said to him, listen, I'm not going to come to church until I graduate from high school. When I graduate from high school, I have to go to work. I, I hated to do that. I wanted to go to, to college. I loved school. I loved it. I was so good at it. Only 30% of high schoolers passes. I was one of them that passed. Because we take a whole, to pass high school test in Lebanon those days, you have to take a whole month and, and separate yourself and study for a whole month to be able to pass the test. Because you got tested in 18 different subjects. Anyway, so what, what he used to do for a whole year, wait for me on my way to school in his car every morning and give me his highlight beams that to tell me he's there and go in his car for 15 minutes and give me a Bible study every day and teach me the word of God and disciple me. Because he said, okay, Raful, you don't want to come to church, I'll come to you and I'll disciple you and I'll train you. And I, I am who I am because of what this man is. I know, if, of course, of, of Jesus. But I know, and I'm going to say something, and I, many of you know, I am so patient with so many of you. I, I, I really um, sometimes, I baffle myself how patient I am. It's because of that one year being discipled by that one man in that car to see the love of God and what he saw in me and what I'm going to become and he invested his life in me. And then, uh, and then uh, the whole year went by, I became the breadwinner for the family. I said, sorry now, uh, you wanna eat? You can't tell me what to do anymore. I got to live my life. I joined Bible school uh, for two years. I'm running out of time. I'll cut it short. And uh, graduated. I want to say right now, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Hallelujah. He leads me beside the still waters. Can I put that up? Can you stand with me for a moment? Can we say that together today? Let's go one, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You may, you may be seated. Give me just five more minutes. From, from that psalm, I learned and I experienced three things in my 50, I was 50, uh, uh, that was 53 years ago that was taking place. I am 70 in the flesh, but I'm 53 in the spirit. I'm born again 53 years. I've been ministering the word of God for the last 50 years. Hallelujah. I've been passing the church for 40 years. Give God all the glory for three things that took place in my life. Provision, miracles, provision, protection, and peace. I'll give you a couple examples. War broke out in Lebanon, civil war. The deadliest civil war ever took place in any country. One of the most peaceful nations in the world. And overnight, in one night, became the deadliest place to live in. People were torn to pieces. Missiles flying in the air. Tanks in the streets. No more food. No more water. No more electricity. For months. For months. 
Every single day, every single day, 9 a.m., I say, Lord, there's nine of us. We have no food. What are we going to do? And the Lord will tell me where to go and where to find food for a whole year. I'm saying this because I want to tell you there's a lot of people afraid today of what's going to happen here in a few years from now. I'm, 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 I'm getting messages on YouTube. I'm a, you got to warn the people. You got to tell them what to do. You got to hide food. You got you to buy gold. You got to buy silver. You got to, and now the gold, you know, you, you got to do, yeah, you, 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 you got to trust the Lord. The Lord is your shepherd, not the gold coins, not being coins, not the stock market. The Lord will take care of you. The Lord that gave one million people in the wilderness bread from heaven every day and quails in the evening every day for 40 years. He will take care of you. He will give you food. The Lord that gave water in the wilderness to those million people from a rock, he will give you clean water miraculously. It's time for the church in America to believe in divine provision, divine protection, divine healing, divine supernatural manifestation of the power of God. I don't have time to tell you about the miracles and the miracles and the miracles of, of, of provisions. I used to find envelopes with cash in it. I never had any idea where it came from, even to today. But it was exactly the same amount that I needed. When I came to this country, and I'll finish with this, I arrived here in August 76. I had 15 cents in my pocket. I, I spoke very funny English. Uh, ask Sonia, she'll tell you. When I used to say, church, you know, welcome to church today. Hallelujah. And I started selling cars. I had no idea what a jack is. The one woman was buying a car for me. goes, where's the jack? I said, we, we don't have jacks here. We don't have a jack that works here. Goes, <laughs> but I, I became top salesman. I have no idea. I've never driven a car. I've never been in a car. I'll give you one, one just testimony, and I'll, I'll be quiet. During my, in that place that I became a salesman, then a sales manager, then a general manager, then the president, then I bought it, became my place, my own dealership, 45 employees, millions of dollars inventory. In the, in the late 80s, depression came in, uh, real estate and cars and is that gets hit all the time. The first thing that gets hit is real estate and auto business, always. Um, you know anything about overdrawn accounts? So we have a business account, and every morning for one year, I used to get a phone call from the bank. Your account is overdrawn, an average $25,000 every day. And I have to come up with that money by 1 o'clock in the afternoon or I would be out of business. For a whole year, I have a brother who was my partner. He will, he will, you'll ask him. I used to take his hands, go on our knees and pray. In half an hour, that money will show up for a whole year, for a whole year. I was, come, come over here, Pastor Sergio. Give him a microphone, please. This morning, we were talking in a Sunday school class about this kind of provision. And this brother, this pastor, who is a businessman, he shared something very equivalent to that. I'm not the only person, you know. We are surrounded with a lot of... The reason we act crazy, because we are in love with Jesus. Amen. The reason we make fools of us, we shout hallelujah, because he took us from the pit of hell, and he made somebody out of us. But more important than all of, the, all of this, the more important than all of this, there's a place called hell. And that place is for everyone that has not received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But there's a place called heaven. That is a place for everyone that would say, yes, Lord, I want you to be my, my Lord and Savior. What did you share with us this morning at the class? Amen, amen. Um, a few months ago, I was in need of $15,000. I'm a real estate investor. And 
I didn't have that $15,000. And now I start praying and fasting. And a few days later, I noticed that I need not just $15,000, but another $100,000 to buy a property. And I didn't have the fifteen, and now it would be worse because I didn't have the $115,000. Because I fast and pray, I got the money in time to pay for the house and to pay for my court. Last week, two weeks ago, thank God, thank God. Two weeks ago, I was waiting for $100,000 to buy my newest property that I do, flipping and rental properties. So I needed $100,000 to buy that very expensive house in Melrose for almost a million dollars. And we're going to turn the house, detach the two apartments, and sell each apartment for about a million dollars. So I pray to God, I don't have $100,000, and the closing is going to be Friday. So I wait in God, and I had the money just in time. One day late for me, but was just in time because the seller had signed it one day before, and I had, I had signed too, and then as mine as well, she could wait another day for $100,000. And that's the way that God provides to us Amen. and for you. Amen. Amen. I just uh, remembered a, a time when I was 19 years old, and my mother had the last $50 with her, and she went downtown to go shopping for us. And she got there, and she, and she lost the 50 so she couldn't even get a, a transportation back. So she walked two hours to come back home crying. I said, Mom, what's the matter? She goes, the $50 that we had to eat with for the rest, it's, it's gone. We lost it. Went to my little bedroom. I said, Lord, you know, Jesus, I don't know how, how I'm going to comfort my mother. Where are we going to get? Lord, how can I do this? Where is it going to come from? And I just went walking. And, and I found a, like an envelope. And I touched the envelope and I opened the envelope. What was an envelope? $50. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and took it back and said, Mom, Mom, I'm here. Listen. You did not lose it. Here it is. But this, that was not the one that she lost because she lost one then downtown. This was outside my house. Lebanon. God is real. And he is in the supernatural business. Stand on your feet this morning. I would like to give you the same opportunity that I was given 53 years ago. In that little place in Lebanon. When the man of God that preached that day. And he said, who would want because it's a matter of choice see it does not matter where you were born it does not matter how dysfunctional your family is it doesn't matter how religious your mother is it does not matter if you don't believe in God it does not matter if you are atheist it does not matter if you don't know what sex you are what matters is God says you will never stand before God with an excuse. You will give an account of an opportunity that you were given to make things straight and to receive Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter if you are Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist, Protestant, Evangelical. It does not matter. What matters is there's a time and a place that every person on the face of the earth will make a decision and say, okay, Lord, I want you. Okay, Jesus, I'm, I, I tried everything. I'm going to try you this time. I, I want to receive you in my heart. If you are here today and you would want to do that, I want to give you that opportunity. Um, what you have to do is just lift your right hand and wave to me right now, if that's what you want. Yes, sir. Anybody else today that want to say, yes, I'm ready. I want to open my heart. Don't be afraid. Yes, I saw your hand. God sees your hand. Anybody else today that wants before I move on to another opportunity? Hallelujah. Yes, yes, I see that hand way back there. Yes, 
said so because of that light I couldn't but I see it amen pastor Hadi thank and then I've follow-up ministry uh, that's what I wanted to do is just when you see the hand go there amen anybody else anybody else right now don't be don't be embarrassed don't be ashamed don't be afraid this is your opportunity to receive life to receive salvation to receive eternal life anybody else now I want to I want to I want to to pray uh, for people that are so afraid of the future so concerned about the economy the people that you need to see you say you saying today sitting there listening say man I, I wish things like that happened to me I, I, I want to see the glory of God I, I, I want to see miracles happening come forward right now come forward right now come come step up from where you are come on right now if you need healing in your body if you need a financial miracle if you need to, to, to experience the glory of God just get up from where you are and come forward come 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 yes 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 come when you come come closer because other people are coming no matter who you are come the Spirit of the Lord is in this house and the Spirit of the Lord wants to reveal to you the Spirit of the Lord wants to touch you the Spirit of the Lord wants to do a miracle in your life come on come closer please come closer come closer come 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 to God come to Jesus come and experience the power of God Come to know him as who he is he, he is a mighty God he is a mighty God God's not dead he's alive God's not dead he's alive God's not dead he's alive and God and God loves you and God wants you to experience the supernatural hallelujah come 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 yes come 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 Come, go over there, go over there. Come, 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 come. Come to Jesus today. Come to know Him. Come to experience the power of God. Come to be set free. 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 Come to be healed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come. I'm, I'm not going to stop saying, come, 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 come. Come to God. Come to God. Come to know Him today. Come to see Him. Come and say to him, show me your glory. Make, make way. Ushers, let people go out of the way so that other people will not be. Yes, come. Come. It's time for you to know the miraculous. It's time for you to know the miraculous. It's time for you to know that Christianity is not just talk. There's power of God. There's a power of God. There's a power of God. And the power of God is free. And the power of God is available even right now, today right this second hallelujah hallelujah young people young kids if you are here and you want to be touched by God come young kids come if you want to be touched by God come forward come forward come right now hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord let the church of Jesus pray together let the believers of the Lord lift up their voices lift up your voices and pray lift your hands those of you that are here if you need healing Right now, if you need healing in your body, lift your hands up and say, Lord Jesus, heal me. Lord Jesus, heal me, touch me. Lord Jesus, touch me and heal me right now, Father. Yes, come on, in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in. We pray the Lord has used this message to speak to you today. If you'd like to stay connected, please subscribe to our weekly podcasts. We pray God's blessing over you wherever you are and wherever you go.